Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 51 of the From the Finney podcast with Jimmy and me, Jake. For this episode, we're joined again by Adam Brown for his second episode. We're going to be discussing the disaster of a Saturday that was yesterday. We'll answer a few listener questions and we've got another food-based discussion for you all. Enjoy! Adam, thanks for coming back, mate. Much appreciated. No, cheers, mate. Thanks for getting me back on. And Jim, good as all are you on. Much appreciated as well. No worries, mate. Yeah, it's, it's funny it's episode 51 because yesterday was like, should have been in area 51, shouldn't it? Really, it used to be like, <laughs> yeah. it used to be put there. That was, <laughs> it was, it was a debacle that will come up in a couple of minutes. But as always, just a reminder that you can support us here at From the Finney with a one off or regular donation of any size. Anything that you can afford is massively appreciated, helps to keep us running. Uh, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And yeah, like I said, anything that comes our way is massively appreciated. Uh, if you're listening on an Apple device then or on Apple Podcasts, then uh, if you could leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app, that'd be grand as well. I've not actually looked this week. I don't know if we've had any new ones, have we, Jim? Subtle. No, been, been quiet. Much yeah, like uh, football, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say, your plea last week for uh, more reviews and more ratings has fallen up deaf ears, unfortunately. <laughs> it's probably because of my uh, butter pie shout. Yeah, hopefully my uh, my food based discussion opinions later on aren't as controversial. The butter pie shout might have got you a one star, Jake. <laughs> I'm surprised you're lucky you got away fair. with it. Really? Oh, he's not got away with it. It's been <laughs> he, he's been absolutely hammered on Twitter. It's been brilliant. Yeah, I have. In fact, though, um, we have. Let me try that again. We have had someone reach out from uh, Clayton Park Pies. They've offered to send. Uh, I think me and you, Jim, uh, a few taster pies. So. There could be a so pie review section coming up in a few weeks. Zero complaints. And who knows, I might, I might change my opinion on butter pies. Should do, mate, because it's awful. <laughs> um, apologies, by the way, if anyone thinks that I'm echoey, I've absolutely gutted my house. And, yeah, my kitchen's, well, echoey. So, yeah, apologies if uh, anyone can notice that. Yeah, yesterday, well, Saturday, as this will be on Monday, Opening 10, 15 minutes, I thought we were okay. Um, looked lively. Probably the only period in the game that we looked like we might create something. But I think, I don't know about you boys, I had a feeling as soon as their first goal went in that that was going to be curtains for us, really. Yeah, it was... Um, we started all right, didn't we? And then, obviously, their first goal... <laughs> It's a tale of two wing backs, isn't it? Really, Barker gets done over the top. Set dump track his man. Hughes gets pulled out, positioned by by Ivan Tony. He was Just so leave, high leave up, up, wasn't he? Hughes. Yeah, but look, watch Tony's run. Tony goes really deep inside, pulls Hughes out with him, and like the ball over the top. Barkey just stops. It goes straight over Barkey. Pulls one of the centre halves out. So we're really isolated in the middle of the park and. It's a good finish by Embuemo. Um Obviously played as a left wing back, which I've never seen him play before. Um, 
and then I suppose the turning point, the, well, the big moment of the game is Reese's chance when it's deflected over for me at 1 0. You know, another chance for the lad that sort of goes a begging. It's a difficult do you, think that, do you think that's going in if, if it's not blocked? I guess look, it's look good to as me mine. on one of the replays, like it, it was heading straight at the keeper, but. You just don't know with David Vera in that, do you? It could True. go through him, it could be anything. True. But, you know, it's. I feel a bit for Reese, like, because. He's trying hard and nothing's coming off for him at the minute. It's just I think like in, in Frankie's three games as well, he's he's had chances. Mm. Obviously, they've either not fallen his way or he's not taken them. And I think that just probably sums up how his season's gone, to be honest. Yeah, when he looks out as well, he looks out in it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it, he's just, you know, that chance against Blackburn. I just keep everything keeps coming back to that chance against Blackburn for me. If he scores that, he'd have probably scored three or four, but he, he didn't. And like he's been. He's on a drought, isn't he now? Yeah, um, he's had, had a few though. He has, he has been every, pretty much every game. He has a chance, and I'd rather, mm. I'd rather have a striker like that who's getting chances than someone who's not. And I do think it is like you saw him yesterday when he went off. He just looked gutted because it was straight yeah. after he went to control that ball, didn't he? I wouldn't have took him off yesterday. You know, I don't, I don't know why. He I did. think we look, we look worse for him being off. Well, Frankie's been going on about making sure you get people in the box, making sure, you know, we're attacking. And since, and then he took Reese off and we just kind of went back to one up front. Well, he said it was 4-3-3, but it looked as though we were kind yeah, of like it, looting it, it game. It reverted to type, really, didn't yeah. we? It I, might have been a 4-3-3 in his mind, but I think when you've got largely the same players, they're, they're naturally going to fall back to what they've known over the last three years, three mm-hmm. and a half years. And it's no fault of their own, like. It's been drilled into him, hasn't it? One goal in the last 21 for Reese in terms of appearances. That was in the FA Cup at, at Wickham. Yeah, from the he's start one that. Yeah, he's had no league goal now for since that Middlesbrough game when we won 3 0, which yeah. is what? October, what, was it? Four, no, December. December oh. 9th. <laughs> so, Same nothing. Yeah, four months ago, isn't it? Still a yeah. long time. But, like, you know, that chance it's a big chance you know to get us back in the game and then literally the sucker punch happens doesn't it minutes later um Bledson gets spun ball out wide simple finish for force and it's like well here we go uh, um, that, that was the final nail wasn't it really final nail in the coffin I think for the day I think when that went in I was watching with my father-in-law and I said to him I said this is going to end up finishing nasty if we're not careful well, we just went too open, didn't we? Right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's mentioned it in the post-match that he went gung-ho. And I suppose to some extent, Frankie's got nothing to lose, has he? So, you know, he may as well go for it. Whether he would have done that if he's permanently in charge, I don't know. Because as soon as as soon as soon we left ourselves open, we just got picked off, didn't we? And and you don't want they, to let they that were defense get exposed. They? Yeah. yeah, well, he changed the shape, didn't he, at 2-0? Because he's tried to, he's tried to go for it. And you sort of, the way I sort of look at it now, and I reflect on it last night because I thought, what's he done that for? But if he gets us back in the game, he gets called a genius, doesn't he? And everyone thinks, oh, fair play to Frankie. You know, he's, he's attacked him, he's gone for it. You know, he's changed it at the back, give us a bit more potential width. You know, he's chucked Sinclair on. You know, he's changed personnel to try and get us back in the game. Yeah. It's not. You know, you know, it's completely backfired and people are calling him a clown because we've then conceded three goals and we've, we've not laid a glove on Brentford after that point. 
I don't think we really laid a glove on them anyway yesterday. I think they were just a level above us completely yesterday. And like I said, I think that them opening 10, 15 minutes, I think we were just we were okay. Nothing, yeah. nothing more than that, really. Yeah, but well, that's played a bit of that's played a bit of momentum from the Swansea game when we've played yeah. really well, you know, and we've started the game fairly all right. You know, it's an opening what seven, eight minutes, so we've done all right because I think they scored in the ninth. So yeah. You say we're doing all right, though, but we're still like—I mean, we're pressing them, and but we're still like playing for long throws and stuff like that. It's not as if we're like you know scintillating and you know tearing teams apart. Not we, not like that second half against Brentford. When yeah, yeah. Four in seventeen minutes. It's like yeah, we it's like yeah, we get it. You know, we're going to use a long throw. We don't have to rely on it. Every single time, which seems as though what we're doing at the minute. Yeah, it's very much a set game plan, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I got a message yesterday. I don't know if this is legit, but only three of the players that started against Brentford in the away game started yesterday. Does that sound about right? But yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably not far off. Rudd, Rafferty, Bauer, Davis, Hughes, Ledson, Pearson, Potts, Brown, Sinclair, Maguire. So, starting yesterday, there was Hughes, Ledson, Potts. and Potts, yeah. Right, people... Sinclair came on, Brown came on, and the rest of them are either injured or not here. Yeah. So, like, people compared the, the, like, the two games. I don't think you can really use it as a fair comparison because we're a completely different football club now compared to what we were in September, October when we played them first time round. I think it's a completely different situation. And you know what? He, Thomas Frank's team talk at half time was easy yesterday. We don't, because 2 0, same, same thing happened at their place. It's like, this, that doesn't happen again. You know, yeah. we, go, we continue the momentum. We keep putting the pressure on them because they'll fall to bits. Like you could tell as well, couldn't you? That yeah, first, absolutely. before they scored that third goal, they were, they were all over us that start they of were that on second us. half. Jake, they were on us from the first second of the, yeah. the second half. They, they, they'd probably had not a rocket but they've had a really motivational half-time team talk and yeah. they came at us they knew the game plan to a T and you know what fair play to them they absolutely obliterated us second half and yeah. we, we couldn't well, get near them they had a chance didn't they before the third goal where I think was it either Rasmussen or Force and he slipped yeah he's, good. he's put it yeah, it's put a really it good golden chance like but you know what I don't even want to analyse the goals in the second half because I think they were that poor defensively yeah, static, not tracking runners. You know the the body language of the players is really poor. You know, it, I don't know if Harry Anders have got a, a sale on, but there's plenty of flip flops in that store that you can get one from tomorrow. You know, and <laughs> I ain't seen another fact. The last five games of the season, we ain't wearing flip flops because we can't that, afford to. No, exactly. We've got 48 points. Christ, we could still get dragged into it. Yeah, I still think we need. At least three points from the last five five games. No, normally fifty would be enough, wouldn't it? Normally forty eight would be enough, mate. I think there's only a handful of teams in the past sort of twenty years that's gone down with forty eight. I think um, I know but, people keep pointing to Rotherham in their games in hand, but I think the fact that now they're playing every three days from yesterday, I think that's going to work in a lot of teams' favours that are in and around the sort of relegation battle. Yep. Yeah. But you've got to remember, they've got to win two out of the three games and on Coventry to even draw level on points with them. You know, and Rotherham's form isn't exactly amazing. I think I think we're all right. 
Yeah. Rotherham's form, get this. Two wins, one draw, eight defeats the last 11 games. So don't, you know, that's from the 9th of Feb. So that they've obviously had these couple of COVID breaks and the two teams have beat Sheffield Wednesday and Bristol City. You know, and let's be honest, everyone's beating Bristol City at the minute because they've yeah. fallen to bits. When did they play um, Wednesday? Was it before Darren Moore? Um, I think it might have been his first game because they scored really late. On the, Rotherham went down to 10 men, I don't know if you remember. And they scored in the 96th minute, I think it were, on the counter-attack. The lad was going... The lad, I think they were trying to scream to him to go to the corner. And he decided to carry on his run straight towards goal and he scored. It's like... But yeah, Bristol City are falling to bits as well. They, they just can't win at home. I don't think they've won at home since probably January. Probably us. Yeah, I saw it. Um... <laughs> it's like worse than us. It's like a team that's got a worse home record than us in league. So I don't feel your confidence when you're seeing Dean Holden being linked with the, the job, though, does it? I should might as well give it me and you, Jake. Yeah, we'd do a better job. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming I'd be the number two in that partnership. You'd be kit man. Never mind number two. <laughs> Uh, go on to Cowley for some tips. Yeah, I think two two of the goals that they scored in the second half were near enough identical. Just ball Fourth into that in, in, into our right channel and then just played across the box and you got you got an empty net to tap into near enough. Not obviously not an empty net, but yeah, we fell apart. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, but. You know, I think they'll learn. I think Frank will learn from it. You know, he's got a, a week now to prepare. Well, we think it's a week. We don't know when this game's going to be played, whether it be Saturday, Friday. They've been Sunday. given three options, haven't they? I think Friday evening, 12 30 or 5 30 on Saturday. I can't think see him, I can't see him going Friday night. Not a full schedule of 32 games. I think it'll be spread over the three options. You know, I think it'll be down to the individual clubs to decide and think, the game yeah, will get spread across the three. And what we're going to go for, Stoke away, I, it doesn't really affect us. I looked at all the fixtures. There's only two massive checks in the whole football league. And yeah, it's, well, we're um, only 40 minutes, well, not 40 minutes, about what, an hour, hour and a half down the road to Stoke. Yeah. You probably want to play on a Saturday. You never know what sort of motorway closures there'd be on a Friday night. Yeah, just to uh, put a cat amongst the pigeons, like, because <clears throat> you know what that M6 is like. But yeah, I think it'd be the Saturday. Yeah, the two long trips... Like a class long is like three hours plus that I could work out was Middlesbrough at QPR, Middlesbrough against QPR, sorry, and Leighton Orient against Barrow. You know, they're the only chips you look at thinking that's a five hour journey at least. So yeah. they'll probably go for the maybe the Saturday late option because it's not going to be Friday night for games like that, you, you no. wouldn't think. Um, unless they want to get the extra recovery in, they can be able to cover the Saturday, got an extra day to sort of prepare. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously, I, I I have a feeling that they'll probably try and bring it back to the twelve thirty one North End, and get it get it done, get it out of the way, get back. It's what it is. Yeah, it still be make a we'll, difference, does it? We'll still we'll still be watching it either way, won't we? So yeah, and we'll still be here next Sunday. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> um, just a note: this one, in fact, Ollie pointed this out to me. Um, Frankie's got four points from his three games. Alex had four points from the three previous, but completely different mood amongst the fans. Yeah, I think I look at it in a couple. You only messaged me last night, and I thought, I think the sort of the way 
of the world has been lifted off the players' shoulders in a way because Alex was obviously in a bad place in terms of like he couldn't couldn't find the answer to what we wanted as, as fans. I think it's four points from the three games that we've played in the opposite game. So Brentford, Norwich, and uh, Swansea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because obviously. That's the point he was trying to make because obviously we got beat at home to Swansea. We probably shouldn't have got beat that day either. Um, and obviously we've won away. We drew with Norwich in both games and then we've um, lost to Brentford yesterday and then beat Brentford at their place. I get what you, I sort of get what he means in terms of like it's a different feel around the place because I think as fans, like something we've taken the silver bullet and like by getting rid of Alex Neil that solved all the problems when it clearly hasn't. There's clearly still problems within the football club as a, as a whole that needs addressing and whether that's the recruitment whether that's the coaching side of things because the manager situation whether that's you know commercially you know the sponsor for next season season tickets you know the whole feel around the club because when people do go back in August there's got to be a positive vibe about the place because yeah, there has to be, don't there? Yeah, because negativity breeds negativity. We all know that. You know, look at social media. As soon as, as soon as the shit hits the fan, excuse the, excuse my language, then that spreads like wildfire. But if something is positive, then it sort of gets forgotten about after sort of twelve hours or so. It's not not just us, by the way, but just that's just football in general. Just yeah, of course it happen. is. Of course it is. I think it's even um, worse than, than now because of the social media the ease of using social media and the fact that you can put whatever you want whenever you want on social media and, and there, it's out in, in a split second isn't it? anyone can see it and yeah. you know I get people, some people hide behind you know pictures of god knows what to sort Football of protect their identities yeah protect our, their identities but I think with all this stuff that's happening and Paul Elliott touched on this when he came on the pod a few weeks ago might be a couple of months ago now I can see this identity thing coming in for social media especially with all the stuff that's happening at the minute that's completely outrageous you know and wrong the the abuse of footballers and other people in general because some of it's just like it's vile it, like they've got to put a stop to it and I think by having that sort of ID check or whatever you want to call it especially in the UK that's the only way they're going to stop it but yeah. like what do you do about some lad in I don't know Zimbabwe that's giving Marcus Rashford or another player of race abusive stuff over like and you can't so because it's gonna to have to be worldwide and I, I just can't see they, that happening they can't, they the can't UK, do it worldwide because there's no, people like you just said that probably don't have id exactly but i think in the uk they've got to do it by uh, sooner or later or even if it's just you put your real name somewhere that it can be tracked i don't know how they do it like yeah. I, you know people get paid a lot more money than me but it's something's got to be done because it's just the stuff like even in the past week it's just been outrageous it's just not it's not warranted and it's not it's not right um, a question that we had apologies I can't remember your name I should have made a note but shock I didn't um, but something that we, we've had coming over Twitter was how do we approach the remaining fixtures do we go a bit more gung-ho or do we try and stay a bit more conservative I presume by that it means do we go balls out and attack and try and take the game to teams or do we sort of sit back and try and contain and, and nick a goal and nick a result? Um, well, it's, as ever, it's horses for courses, isn't it? But I think I think for Frankie, and I think I touched on it before, is that he has got nothing to lose because he, he let's face it, 
he's not going to get the job. And he, I think he knows he's not going to get the job. The only way, if he does want the job, for him to get it would be to go on some amazing run. And I think for him is, yeah, why not go for it? For us, I think our defence is far too weak to start going for it. I mean, I mean, will, will Lindsay play on the next game? Well, me last well, will he? So that's another defender down for the next game. Um, so you, what you're looking well, at, that, if he's doing a back you'd three... You'd assume that'll be back to a back four or that's Hunt yeah. coming in. Yeah. So then, do you trust that? To go for it gung-ho? I don't think I do. I think the gung-ho approach isn't necessarily us. You know, in all the league games we've played in 2021, we've only scored more than one goal twice. And that was when we beat Uddersfield 3-0 and beat Rovers away. Every other game we've scored either one goal or, or none. And well, even then the I, Rovers game, it was it was a worldie from Greg and a set piece. It's not like we've we've gone balls out and taken the game to team. Yeah, I get that. I think you know you've got to look at it that we don't tend to. We're better without the ball as a football team. We we, yeah. we know that. Look at the Huddersfield game when we've picked them apart on the counter. You know, even going back to Simon Grayson's time here, like the Reading game, Barky when he you know. Countering teams and I, I yeah, think, look, it's just we're just better that way, aren't we? Look at the good games we've had this season. You know, Bournemouth goals on the counter, Brentford away goals on the counter, Reading goals on the counter. That's we are better when we've not got the ball and we can use our pace and the, the sort of the attributes that our players have got are better in those sort of situations. We, we can't control we can't control games from minute one with the players we've got. Unfortunately, that's. Just, that's just how we are as a football team you know yeah. we are better when another, you know Swansea prime example I know we played well at Swansea and this isn't a detriment on that performance at all but we counter-attacked so well you know and we utilised when we were going forward and we were pressing them really high you know we were forcing them to make mistakes because we didn't have the ball you know we're forcing the mistakes because we're putting that press on so I just I look at the team at the minute. I'm like, where do where's the goals? Where where are we scoring? You know, it's taking either a worldie, or you know, coming off someone's backside against Swansea. And I know I've been championing that for a while. Like we just need one off someone's backside to get to break the duck and, and, we got the and, and against Swansea. Look at, it happened. Look at, but, but look at the lift that gave us as as fans and and as a fan base and and presumably the players and and people around the club. Yeah, absolutely. I just think no, it doesn't matter how they come, does it? As long as they come and, and, and in that moment it came at the right time. Yeah. But I just don't see us playing free flowing, attacking, you know, gung ho football because we don't have the place to do that. You know, we 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 generally don't. And the the last five games of the season, the, the one thing that I probably want to see more than anything is just, just to be defensively compact, try and keep a couple, two, three clean sheets, you know. Because end of the day, if you, forgive the saying, but if you keep clean sheets, you don't lose games, and you know that's what that's the situation we're in. We can't afford to keep losing games. What's that now? Is it 21, 22 games we've lost this season? Not got the league table in front of me, but we've lost too many, and we need to stop losing games so cheaply as well. Yeah, and I don't know. Yesterday wasn't a cheap defeat because Brentford fully deserved it, but you look at some of the defeats we've had over the past two, three months. There's some barons in there, you know, getting beat off Wickham at their place, 1-0. Getting beat off like, Axel Luton and 
and this isn't going teams like Preston and all that sort of jazz, but we've got to be better defensively. And how many clean sheets have we had recently? We had that one at Swansea. When was the last one before that? Huddersfield, QPR. I'm just flicking through the games now. Um, Do you think then that that first season we came up, do you think our defence was more of a League One defence then than it is now? Or do you think it's the other way around, that we've got more of a League One defence now than we did coming out of League One? I think what we need to remember as well is this is six years ago. So yeah. I look at the I look at these players that played in that first game back at the championship. You know, Tom Clark, Paul Huntington, Bailey Wright, you know, Greg Cunningham at 24. The voice's favourite. The, the voice's favourite. Yeah, Marnik. Um, yeah, I look at the defence. I think, you know, Tom Clark was what, 26, 27 at that point? So an experience, and obviously yeah. had the championship experience from Huddersfield. Probably Hunt, in his in his prime there, isn't he? And Hunt's Hunt, and Hunt as well, yeah. Bales would have been what 23, 24 coming with into a, with a good 100, 150 appearances under his belt. Greg had the experience from Bristol City. Greg. Greg was Greg and wasn't City, it? you know, it, it, and I think playing that three-five-two shape that we had, then it, it worked for us. And let's especially not with the personnel. Jordan Pickford in that as well. Yeah, so I, I think it's hard to compare because. I know because it's six years ago. If if that team played now, then yeah, our defense is better at this moment in time. But you know, Hunts is thirty three, Clark's thirty three, Marnick's God knows where. So Bailey's in League One at Sunderland, and doing Greg well. is well injured. injured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's our defense now is better than that defense. But I don't know. I think I get the point because. In depth, have we got it? No. I think we've got a lot of players that are physically profiled in terms of how we've recruited them. You know, look at Jordan Story, Liam Lindsay, Hunts, all big lads. You know, we don't have any sort of mobility really at centre-half apart from Jordan Story. You know, Andrew Hughes came, you know, moved over to left centre-half yesterday and had an absolute nightmare from, from my perspective. You know, just couldn't move. Like, look at a couple of goals. You can see that I think it's the fourth and the fifth. But Hughes is just flat-footed. Yeah, and it's not his fault because he shouldn't really be playing there because we should be putting Hunts on if we want another centre half, not not relying on Hughes to be able to do a job. You know, playing Barkey at left back. It's like, do we not learn? Odd, but, odd one, isn't it? Yeah. It, end of the day, we've done what we've done. Um, I, I think defence is something that does definitely need improving in the summer. You know, centre half, full back, because we don't have a recognised full back apart from Joe Rafferty at the football club. Um, left back, well, Hughes. We've got... No, no, you for right, 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 right back. Right back. Yeah, yeah, right full back, sorry. Um, you know, left left back were quite well stocked, if you think about it. I, I, I know, obviously, Greg's out of contract, but you've got Andrew Hughes, Greg, Josh Earl. We've sat, we might be bringing through Lewis Colton, who's on the bench, was it against Swansea? Yeah, from the youth team. So the talk is that four of the lads have been offered pros from the youth team. So I, I presume Lewis Colton's one of them. So I don't know. I, I just think this summer's massive recruitment-wise. I think, yes, defence is definitely up there in terms of things that need improving because we've got to start keeping clean sheets and we've probably got to go a lot tighter defensively because the goals we're conceding, it, it's far too many in number and it's far too many that are poor as well. Yeah, well, we can. We'll be doing a pod probably 
our end of season pod where we'll probably discuss the summer and transfers and all that sort of stuff. I think with that team, when they got promoted, that was a team built from the back, wasn't it, really? The way we played and everything. And I think in a way in the summer, probably need to get back to that in a way to make us more, you know, stable. Yeah, and secure. And then build from there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the job in the summer is that massive that you can talk about more or less every position that we need to sort out. But the defence... Completely, it needs sorting. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if there's if there's one position that doesn't get locked out in the summer. Yeah, the only looking at simple as that. Um, Last last one then, sort of following on from the obviously the points about Frankie that we've had earlier on in this uh, part one. Would someone's asked? Would it be better to appoint a full time manager now and give them more time ahead of next season to decide what they want to do? And this is how we're at or today, actually. Um, I don't think they'll appoint someone before the end of the season, purely because the people that they're probably going to want have got a job still to do at their football clubs. That is my yeah. personal perspective. You look at the people who've been linked with, Gareth Ainsworth, still got a job to do at Wickham, isn't going to leave them with five games to go when he's got still got a chance of keeping them up, as slim as that, you know, chance is. Yeah, imagine, imagine it for him, if he managed to keep Wickham up and then came to us. For him, that would be unbelievable. Yeah, even if he, even if they went down fighting and came to us, yeah, he's not doing his reputation any harm. And I think coming here now, what's he going to what what does he what does he achieve? You know, apart from walking out on the club that supported him since Three you know he took over. Really. Yeah, he, he took him over in the bottom of the league too. Come on, you know he's been there eight years. He's, he's, I think he's the longest serving manager in the AFL now. So uh, he's yeah. not. So. He's not going to walk out of them with five games to go. Dream on. Appleton, same. Robinson, same. 6-0 win for Oxford yesterday at Crew. if you didn't notice that one. Um, you know, people say Carl Robinson don't play attacking football. He's dismantled Crew yesterday. Um, lad at Hull, Grant McCann, top of League One, isn't going to leave there with five, six games to go when they've got the chance of winning the league. You know, Neil, as a man, as a man, at Blackpool. Same. You know, chance of getting them promoted. As, as much as I do not want that to happen, um, that would be a nightmare for me. What if especially, they come up? Yeah, especially working in Blackpool. Yeah, it, true. It, it like that would be a yeah a horrible few months if they I got. Saw um, Alan Nixon tweeted this morning, didn't he, saying that we're happy to wait until the end of the season and that Gareth Ainsworth is a possibility. But why wouldn't we be happy to wait till the end of the season? Makes sense, got a, doesn't it? Frank Frankie's going nowhere. Right, he's got a job. He'll he'll see out the season. Yeah, well, like, Adam, like Adam said before, he's nothing to lose, has he? No, he's not going to get if if we if we lose every game between now and the end of the season, he's not getting sacked. And even if he does, he was probably he was out of the door anyway three but, weeks ago. So, what do we benefit from appointing a manager now compared to the end of the season? He gets to look at the players. Well, I'm not being funny. There's footage that's coming true. out of people's ears. So well, that's what can, that's what preseason's for, anyway. Well, yeah, he's got, we've got we've got a massive overhaul coming in the summer. Whoever comes in is going to want to bring, bring in their own people, their own players, you know, potentially. I don't know what the recruitment strategy is going to be like, but I don't see the I don't see the benefit. You know, we're going to stay in the championship, touch wood, and you know, let roll on next season when it, hopefully it's a fresh start for everybody and we can get back to Deepdale in a, in a more positive sort of frame of mind. But we've got to get everything right. You know, we've got to get it right off the off the pitch. You know, with fan engagement, yeah. season tickets, 
everything because be, let's not beat around the bush. You don't have to look too far on social media or the forums to understand people are pretty annoyed and pretty frustrated with things at the club at the minute. And, and the direction that that's being vented in. Yeah, exactly. So we need to do something to make sure that that negativity is turned into a positive and yeah. that we get these people back on side because last thing we want is a new manager coming in August, fans back in the ground. Yeah, and there's a toxic atmosphere. What's the point? It's like, we've just, you've, we've just got rid of Alex Neal and the, the atmosphere just doesn't disappear. We've got, to, we've got to get this summer right. It's so important for us because if we don't get it right, the next 12 months ain't going to be pretty. And I, I really fear for us because, you know, the teams that come up from League One, the teams that come down from the Premier League, there's some big, t- biggish teams coming up and coming down. You know, Sheffield United, they're going to be a big club at this level. It's probably going to be Fulham and West Brom, isn't it? Unless Sam can pull off the greatest of greatest escapes. And if, it's oh, not if, he West... pull, if he pulls that off, fuck me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he'll have he, a big bonus, but... won't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if it's, not, if it's not West Brom, it's going to be Newcastle. So yeah. another massive club. So And we all know then... how they've fared in this league in the past. Exactly. But then apparently they don't have relegation clauses in the contracts, which could cause no. some massive financial issues for them. Um, yeah. But then the club's coming up out of League One. Hull, playing the Premier League, got to the FA Cup final. Biggish club. I know they get very Championship similar attendances. Championship last season. Yeah. They get very similar attendances to us. Very similar size club. If Sunderland Peter come Bra- up, but Peter, but yeah. Do, Peter they, Bra- they're just, they're just a the well-run pub. club, aren't they? Like, but they could come up, get the extra four or five million quid in TV revenue, go down and strengthen. A bit like Burnley have done with the Premier League. Yeah. You know, they've got a bit yo-yoed, but then strengthened. I think they'd do all right in the Championship, Peterborough. Yeah, because same. Darren, Darren McCantley's, we all know what Darren McCantley's like, you know, as a chairman, as a person, lively, very outspoken. Fella. Lively, yeah. But he'll, he'll want to, if he comes up to the Championship, he won't be fussed if they finish 21st, as long as they stay in the league. Yeah. And then Sunderland. Massive club. Bloody massive club. Just been taken over by a very rich young man. Yeah. And is, that, have is, that, is that the most Tory sounding name you've ever heard? Kirill Louis Dreyfus. Oh, well, he sounds rich. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> He's got a few um, quid more than me and you put together, Jay. Let's be honest. And probably you, you as well. You and me Brown, put together yeah. 10 times over, I think. Oh, definitely me. Yeah. Well, his watch is probably worth more than us put together. So it's one of them things, isn't it? But if, he, if they come up, then got a bit of money to spend. Manager yeah. that knows the level in Lee Johnson. I think he's already said, hasn't he, that they've got like 60 million to spend or something in the summer. Come on, Trevor. What are you playing at? Why can't we <laughs> yeah. compete with that? Pull your finger oh. out of your ass, Trevor. Come on, Trevor. Bastard. What are you doing? But yeah, no, it's... Obviously, that, that, can... that was all... If anyone's listening, by the way, that's all tongue-in-cheek. So we've got we're very lucky, aren't we? Really, I know people yeah. want Trevor to spend money, but I, we I think it's a case of uh, don't don't bite the hand that feeds, isn't it? Well, he's done the interview with Racing Post only this week before the national, and he's like, he wants to know if there's a screw being replaced at the football club. You know, that's how interested he is in terms of the money that that's going out, especially in a business that's losing what what did it lose last year, eleven million quid. Yeah. You know, I'd want to know if a screw was going missing. If eleven, if I'd I was want, losing I'd want to know when an, if if someone farts, I'd want to know. Mm. Well, maybe not. Anyway, um, yeah. So in terms of 
appointing a manager now then uh, Adam where do you stand on it are you in agreement with Jim well yeah I mean unless there's anyone out of contract who you'd want who we'd all be shouting from the rooftops asking to get in you're going to want someone who's in a job and ideally doing a good job and if they're doing yeah. a good job then you're going to have to wait till the end of the season aren't you so yeah, exactly. I think it's only natural that we're, we're going to have to wait I think as well with, with this appointment I don't think there's a standout candidate, whereas when Simon left, there was obviously rumour was that Stevie G put his hat in the ring, but it seemed like Alex Neal was the the sort of the number one target, if you will, and obviously we got him in and he probably was a standout candidate if you look at his, um, his CV. I'm not sure a football manager has a CV, but you know what I mean. Whereas now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure there is a standout candidate because... You could you could ask everyone in the fan base, and they would all have a different opinion. So I think with this next appointment, I think it is going to be a case of just sort of I don't know, looking at who comes in and and just give them time, get behind yeah. them, and give them time. There's no candidate there that you think they're perfect. Yeah, because they've all got positive. There's plenty that have got positives, and but they've all got a negative attached to you know Gareth Ainsworth. You know, plays style ugly football, football yeah. style of football. You know, at one season level, got them relegated. But if, if we can go down as well, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So it's like it's pros and cons for everyone. Yeah. Anyone, everyone that's been linked with the job, there's pros and cons for Neil Critchley. So, never managed at the level. Michael Appleton been pants at this level in the past. Uh, Grant McCann took hold down. You know, it's it's one of them, isn't it? However you look at it, but I think I think that's why it's so important that people just whoever comes in just sort of get behind the manager and, and give them time. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think unless you boys have got anything else you want to add, then we can go to a brew break and uh, we'll be we'll be back with our food based discussion for part two. Fine with me, mate. Grand. See you in part two, boys. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanx Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanks.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we have another food-based discussion for you and we'll discuss the upcoming trip to Stoke City with whatever time that'll be on Saturday or possibly Friday night. And then we're done, yeah. Um, right, food, fellas. It's. Um, I think this might become a feature between now and the end of the season because the season's gone to shit anyway. Um, yeah, obviously last week it was a, a pie-related discussion and I think everyone's well aware what my views were and they've gone down like a lead balloon largely but I stand by them um, hopefully in our upcoming discussion my opinions won't be as controversial but it's what's your favourite biscuit 
first time you meet someone ever, it's a good conversation start this. What's your favourite biscuit? Because there's some crackers in there, really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, let you start. Sorry. I'm gonna let you start, Brownie. Well, I think Jake should go first. He's got to redeem himself after the butter pie incident last week. I've got to see I've got, where, what we're dealing with. I've got one that for me is just a classic. You can't go wrong with a custard cream. Um, I love a party ring. I think they might be controversial. No, that's a really good shout. And th- my third one, because uh, I couldn't, I couldn't separate them. But I'm, I was having this discussion with my missus before. I'm not sure if this classes as a biscuit or as like a shortbread, maybe. But a Viennese whirl. Nah, we're from different cultures, aren't we, Jake? A Viennese whirl. <laughs> Do they sell them in Aldi? Probably. Never never bought one in Aldi, mate, I'll be honest. I blame my dad for that. My dad has a thing for Viennese whales, and uh, he used to give me the odd, odd one when I was younger. Jake, you were doing so well. Custard creams, good biscuit, party ring, absolute wild card, but I love a good party ring. Can demolish a whole packet. And Easily. then you just you did just you just let yourself down with that last <laughs> one, mate. I'll be honest. Hey, look, um, I'm doing better than last week, I think. Yeah, you are. Can't go wrong with the chocolate hobnob. No, chocolate, yeah. hob- no. chocolate hobnobs, mate, are absolute Champions League standard of biscuit. You know, they are consistently top four in everyone's list, I think. Yeah. Chocolate hobnob. Um, rich teas need relegating. Rich but, teas need putting in the bin. Yeah. Probably all right 20 years ago, but just absolute got to level now, unfortunately. Um, where where do you stand on just a, a plain digestive? Is that in the bin with rich teas? Nah, nah, nah. A plain digestive is all right. You know, it's a steady sort of Premier League side. It's probably a Burnley, isn't it? <laughs> Got to compare them to football clubs. A digestive biscuit. What's a party what? ring then? Ah, oh, mate, they're Leeds United. Yeah, they are. They are Leeds United. Yeah. Definitely. Proper, yeah. proper exciting. Could absolutely destroy anyone on the day. Could be absolutely down in the dumps the next. Custard cream, is that like an Everton maybe? Consistently pushing up and around the top, but never quite. Traditional. It's traditional, yeah. Yeah. traditional club. Is yeah. this a biscuit? Because I always say to people, and they, they don't never like them. A gold bar. Ooh. Is that a biscuit? Mm, nah, it's mm, nah, mm. I think... It's one of them. It's I, one. Of, it's, like, it's a bit like a club or a penguin, isn't it? It's in that sort of category of its own. They're good though. Gold bars like them. Yeah. Is it carrot? Is it like a caramel sort of flavored yeah, yeah, yeah. coating? Yeah, I do like. Yeah, that. that's it. Do you like that flavor? Good I think you can get them in Aldi as well, Jimmy. So you're all right. Can you? <laughs> yeah. I've not seen them actually. I've seen the, <laughs> their version of like the penguin, which is like a polar bear or something like that. But I've not seen the. Um, the old gold bars. I have to let, you have to let me know what they look like in Aldi. I'll look from next time I'm in. What else have you got, Adam? Just a gold bar. I had chocolate hobnob as well because that is yeah, yeah, yeah. that is that's Champions League, isn't it? You can't chocolate you can't hobnob. go wrong, can you? Oh, they're, they're unbelievable. I could I could polish off. I'd say full pack, but not full pack. But easy polish off half a pack in one sitting. Yeah, I've done where, that before last week been recording. Where do you stand on them Fox's biscuits that are like, they're basically cookies, but they're advertised. They come in that posh packaging. And yeah. they're, they're basically like chocolate chip cookies, but it's like, oh, Fox's biscuit. And it's like, well, is it really a biscuit? 
Yeah, that's a biscuit, that. Do you think? I think it's more of a cookie, and I don't think a cookie and a biscuit are the same thing. Sorry? What? Well, they're obviously not. They're two different things. So if you get a, a cookie, that you're not you're not calling that a biscuit? No, it's a cookie. Isn't it just like a different type of biscuit? Yeah. As in my head. No, uh, yeah. Well, that's not the discussion that we're here to have anyway. That's one for another day. <laughs> Where do you stand on Oreos, by the way? Ore- Oreo biscuits? I can I, I, I like them, but I don't love them. Mm. I like Double them if they like and the ice cream. Oreo ice cream's nice. I'll tell you what isn't bad, um, and you won't be able to comment on this, Jim, but Oreo chocolate. Is it's that not, the one it's not great, but you know, you can't say that word on here. Can't say that word on here. <laughs> Nothing from that C company. All right. Um, I think, right, this is one for you. And I know where I stand on this. Jaffa cakes, biscuit or cake? Biscuit. Really? Well, it's, well, it's not a biscuit, but it's in that same world, isn't it? It's not a cake. It is. You don't want my opinion on Jaffa cakes. Shite. <laughs> but is it a biscuit or a cake? Not for us. I think they're crap. Fair enough. I just don't like them. Just are you much. one of them that doesn't like like chocolate orange or mint chocolate? I'm not. A, I'm not the greatest fan of orange with chocolate. But Fair yeah, enough. I like mint with chocolate. There's some good mint chocolates out there. Yeah. About Viscount. Viscount. Mint yes. biscuit. They are very good. I don't think I've had one of them since about 12. No, it's not something back out. green foil. It's not something you, I tend to go to the supermarket and think, oh, you know what? I'll have one no. of them. No, not for me. They're, they're good if the if someone if someone in the office gets a selection box and they're in there. Just nick one out. Where do we stand on Jammy Dodgers? Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Don't think you can go wrong. We and personally. A bit average, I think. Brownie's not a fan. <laughs> no. No, I like him. Big fan of a Jammy Dodger. Normal chocolate digestives are good as well. I know we've not even mentioned them. Good, good old chocolate digestive. Yeah, they're, Again, I think they're, just, they're just a steady biscuit, aren't they? Good, steady, strong biscuit. See what I forgot about. When you send the malted milks? Yes. Yes. Love them. Yeah, they're gone, nice. They, 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 were, they were great. They've got an elite level. Have you had the chocolate one? And they've no. had a chocolate coating on top, chocolate malted milk. Oh, mate, no. game changer. Get uh, the some in most supermarkets, like, but mate, chocolate malted milk is an absolute game changer. Right, especially for me, like, oh, I like a bit of chocolate on anything. Right, but yeah, chocolate malted milk's spot on. So what are we saying? What's top of the league biscuit wise then? Chocolate obnob. Chocolate obnob. Chocolate digestives up there as well, I think. Yeah, I think that comes in second place. Top two. Custard yeah. cream Caramel third. ones are them. The caramel ones are the chocolate digestives. They are. Oh, they are. Oh, I think I think that's above a custard cream, to be fair. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Then we need does, to let does, the people, let the people does custard decide. Cream, does custard cream finish in the Champions League places? or No. Is it, it's a bit is like it, West Ham this season. It's like a one-season wonder, isn't it? It's usually mid-table. Mm, I don't think like, you can say a custard cream's a one-season wonder. They've been around for probably since before my nan was alive. No, but you know what I mean? It's like they've, they've pushed on this season. 
like in previous seasons. They've, they've, they've been there. I like, think I think they're, they're probably Europa League, aren't they? Yeah. I think we need to let the people decide on this one. We need your nominations for our Biscuit World Cup. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um but then see I think I think a party party rings a Champions League biscuit. Mate, you you've you've put VNS World or something like that in your top three. You've got you can't just put them all No, in, in fairness, League. in fairness, now that Brownie's brought up them caramel digestives, that's Viennese World can get in the bin because they're they're my fa- one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah. Chocolate bit the biscuit discussion is a good discussion to have. If you're trying to break the ice with somebody in a pub or something. I like the biscuit discussion. I'm surprised anyone, anyone it's gone as far that, as it had, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But if, if anyone's uh, if anyone's going speed dating or anything like that now that rela- uh, restrictions are relaxing, then that's that's one for you. Yeah, taking the advice off two married men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Let us know then on social media where where you stand and and what your biscuit do's and don'ts are. Uh, yeah, Stoke City then, boys. Ooh, very inconsistent recently. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd say go- they're probably just about verging on poor form. Well, they've got one more point than us in the last 10 games, so that is pretty poor form, isn't it, given yeah. how dread- dreadful that we've when, when you been. put it like that, yeah. So, yeah, 1-3, drew one, lost six the last 10 games. Um, the games that they did win were against bottom of the league Wickham, Bristol City, where every man and his dog are beating, and, and Derby. Obviously, yeah. in a, they were also not very good at the minute. Pretty so, tough, aren't they? They've, they've yeah. dropped off a cliff since December, aren't they? Yeah, well, they're now 12th. They weren't playoffs, weren't they? Yeah. You know, fifth, sixth spot. So, yeah, not doing great. Formation-wise, switching between a 3-5-2 and a 4-2-3-1. Um, I think last three, four games have been three at the back. Previous to that, there were four. They, they just, a bit like us, they've got two different ways of playing and tend to stick to one of those. Um, I, I suppose when I was looking at the squad, they've obviously got quite a few injuries at the minute. James McLean, Joe Allen, Tyrese Campbell. Obviously, he's been a long-term injury yeah. this season. But it was quite early on that one, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously he was in good form at the time as well when he got injured. But they had two lads on the bench yesterday from the youth team and a third lad who's only played, I think it's 30-odd minutes this season. So I think they're struggling for that little bit of depth and quality. Um in terms of shots wise like they don't concede many shots they conceded the third third least shots in the league for shots on target just you know their actual goals conceded and goals scored like you know really mid table or if not bottom third um, they don't score many goals they don't concede many either um, you've got to keep well Fletcher Obviously, because he's he's been around this level quite a lot, hasn't he? Um, but Nick Powell got to keep him quite. He's their top scorer. He's got twelve this season, I think it is now. But when I was doing my digging, both of them average over two shots a game. We've actually only got Brad Potts who averages over two shots a game. I know that sounds really like what, yeah. But we don't tend to have anyone that takes a shot. Yeah, Potts is now our, sec- our second top goal scorer this season in the league. Oh, yeah. Five. <laughs> with five Jesus. I was like oh god um, what's uh, what's Sinclair on has he, re- has he hit double figures yet nine I think it is 
Yeah, he dropped, started like house on fire, didn't he? But he's dropped off a cliff recently. Mm. Figuratively speaking, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just going to be one of the games. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game for the neutral. Um, I think it was the last away game I went to. Stoke. Yeah, um, I think it was anyway. Can't, can't remember one after that. I didn't go to the Fulham one. Um, Did I not but, see you at Stoke? No, I knew you were there, but I don't think I see you. Oh, no, it was Ollie that I ended up meeting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, three out of our four wins this year have had to come away from home. Um, we've won three, lost six of our nine away games so far in 2021. So hopefully we can get something from the game. Just keep it, you know, we've got a win. That's that's what's done in it, really. Then we've got 51. That's what's safe. Yeah, for me. Um, I, I don't know what to expect from this game, Jake. I'll be completely honest with you because no, I think, they, to be honest, Jim, I think these previews, I think we're just going to be going through the motions with them between now and the end of the season because the, the sooner we get at least two, if not three, points on the board, the season's just a dead rubber, then, isn't it? Yeah. Stoke's sense of the season is quite interesting because after they play us, they play Coventry and then Forest. Obviously, the teams around us, then Bournemouth last game at season, so they could still affect quite. Yeah, they can still spoil quite a few parties, can't they? Yeah. Um, they, they've obviously they got beat yesterday away at Birmingham. Uh, big huge, big Lucas Utovic's got both goals. Not pretty goals either, <laughs> to be honest. When you watch them back, I just don't think they're a pretty side. Tell you what, you know, Birmingham they, are flying since Bowie's gone in. One defeat in four, is it? Three wins at home. Three three wins at home, in it? You can see why he wanted Stockley. Seems to like that presence. And getting yeah. crosses in the box. Stoke, though, I think... I don't know. You don't know, do you, in the minute? I think it probably suits us being away from home. Yeah. Um, For whatever reason this season, it's always been the case, hasn't it? Yeah. I think he'll go... Well, will he go 3-5-2? Lindsay's out. No, like we said before that'd be you'd assume that's Hunt's back in. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he could move Vandenberg across and stick Brownie at right back or Barky at uh, sorry at wing back or Barky at wing back. But yeah. Got... Who who'd you play on the left? What left wing? Left wing back. Not really. Got many options, have we? I think I think Brownie's I think Brownie's better in that ten, so I think it'd be 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 good to see him get maybe a run of games between now and the end of the season playing in that position, especially if DJ's injured. Well, Brown might play wing back and then Barky left wing back. Oh God! Yeah, just thinking that that would, that would not shock me. Depends if they want to, if they want to go three five two or not. Mm, it might might not might go to about four. Yeah. Um... Just look, flicking through Stoke, for they've, they've won four of the last six at home, so they are fairly decent at home. Um, just got to wait and see. I, I, I just, you know, if you have no expectations, like I don't, I don't have any expectations of us going into games and thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be three points or we're going to get the three points today. Just means I'm not, you know, yesterday I wasn't deflated. I felt worse after games this season, like when we played Rovers and got battered at home, when, when we got yeah. beat off Wickham, when we got beat off Luton. You know, I felt dreadful after some of those games. Yes, you know what? I was watching Pepper Pig at Opus Five. Wasn't fussed. <laughs> but no, that's I'm, I'm I'm being genuine. Like I just wasn't. 
And I, mate, I, 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 know, exa- I know exactly how you feel. I just, I, I just turned the game off. I thought, you know what, is what it is. Let's just crack on my life because it just died. Just wasn't interested after after the game. Like, there's no point talking about it on social media because everyone gets dead high when we've won games when we've take, taken four points out of six from those two games, and everyone's like, you know, thinking the world's ending after we conceded five for the first time in about 15, 16 years or something. Was it Wimbledon last time we conceded five at home? Was it that? Yeah, we, we got beat five three. Like, that was December two thousand two, I think it is something like that two thousand three. So, I think it was a, a welcomed reality check right yesterday on what how yeah. important the summer's going to be. Yeah. Um, summer's massive. Summer's absolutely massive. Uh, but like I said, we'll we'll come on to that in, in a later part, probably the end of season one. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you both. I think I'm just, well, we said it before, haven't we, Jim? We're just ready for this season to end and, and just have a have a nice break and time away from footy it's been a long one and obviously it's been a long one in terms of how it's felt but it's been a short season because obviously crammed into fewer months because of covid um but yeah uh, four, four weeks to go mate and we'll have played i think it's something like 57 games in the space of 40 something weeks yeah you know i think we're just all a bit a little bit bored of it not, not yeah bored of it's played the right word yeah like, we're just like, we've got to that point now where we're not playing great. We just sort of, it's becoming a bit of a chore on a Saturday or a Tuesday night to watch the game. It's We're watching it because it's a religion in it, really, to us. You know, yeah. we can't we can't not miss it for fear of missing out. Or f- and, you know, there's guys out there that probably listen to the podcast that won't have watched the game on Saturday because they've fallen out of it, fallen out of the habit. And it's a really hard habit to fall out of, but. It happens, and yeah. I completely get why some guys have switched off to it. And you know, I hope they enjoy the break as well. Because come back, come August, you know, we're going to have to be back on it. We'll be back in the ground, hopefully, in some way of capacity and all that sort of jazz. I don't have a clue what's going to be happening because well, I, think, the future. I think they've said, haven't they, for Wembley at the Euros in the summer, it's only going to be fifty percent for the finals. Yeah, yeah. Which, given we were we're meant to be scrapping all these restrictions at the end of June doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I can see some restrictions remaining in place for August when we come back, Yeah. Um, which I know is not what we want to hear, but I can just see it because unfortunately the world's changed compared to two years ago. So. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think unless you boys have got anything else that you want to add, then we can wrap that up and call that episode 51. Sound? No, yeah, nothing for me. See you next week. Yeah, cool. Cheers, boys. Thank you very much. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode 51 of the From the Finney podcast. As I said at the start, you can support us by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. If you're listening on an Apple device, then we'd appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, thank you, fellas. Much appreciated, as always. No worries. We'll see you next week. Yeah, see you later, boys. Hello, this is Joe from Sugarstone, and this is our brand new single, Angel Boy.
light I want to turn it off It's so bright And tell me about your dream It's boring In the morning When I don't hear a thing Speak your mind now Just say it out loud I'll hear you out You don't need a horoscope To tell you It's stupid Stupid as that sounds Just give me the patience now Find some common ground Your childish behavior Has left me broken down 